0: Awesaki, and today I am in Mound, Minnesota. Oh, I never know where you're coming from.
3: (laughs) I'm JB Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you today by Stateline Tac. It's July 6th, episode 2967. Good morning, horse people. Glenn is on vacation, and I decided I have enough of a work ethic to show up,
0: but you do as well. Thank you. Yeah, I think they're cruising someplace, aren't they? Yes, they are. How was your fourth? Did all the animals survive? Yeah, everything was good. I, you know, I'm here in Minnesota and um, on the night of the third, we always go to Canterbury Park, uh, the thoroughbred racetrack, and they have a fabulous fireworks display. They say it's one of the best in the whole state. So that was wow. great. And then on the, the night of the fourth, I, I sit down on the dock and I watch the fireworks from like four or five different locations across the lake. It's just incredible. So, oh, that's cool. All I, I saw, can think
3: of Canterbury Park, they're blasting all those fireworks right above baby race horses and Yeah.
0: The- yeah. They they wait about a half an hour and I think they're like sedating everybody or <laughs> doing the earplug thing, you know. Um, wow. Yeah. But I saw that you had some some really um interesting uh, shirts special for the fourth. Well, you know, I just decided to
3: embrace my Oklahoma existence. Actually, that's not true. I went into Walmart after I had had a cocktail.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That explains it. Yeah, so this (laughs)
3: clearance section of shirts, like a whole clearance section of 4th of July stuff, and it was the 4th, so they're like, just get rid of it. And so I come, Chad and Lucas were sitting in the car and I had gone in to get a couple things for the cookout of my mother-in-law's I was supposed to go to. And so I go in and I'm like, oh, these look like a great idea. (laughs) So I come out with these shirts and I was like, I got you a present, Chad, you know? And he's like, oh my God, you spent money on that? Like you bought that? And I was like, babe. It was $4. He's like, $4 a shirt? Those are garbage. I'm like, no, no, no. $4 for both. <laughs> they oh, were on clearance <laughs> for $2 a shirt. I was like, we got to own it. So oh, yeah, yeah, we ended up uh, dressing up and uh, and just really abs- uh, absorbing our Oklahoma yeah. current shallow roots.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> well, they uh, were interesting. I will say that.
3: Yes, yes. It was exciting. I did bring, even though I'd done all the balloon training on everybody, I still brought all the horses in. And uh, this morning, I'll just tell you that, uh, or last night, I, Zeus has been in a paddock with mares. Well, now Pink has her baby, so she's in a separate paddock. And Zeus was in this paddock all by himself. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn him out in the field, in the like, 20-acre field with all of the other geldings so he can go be with his, the other herd, right? So I just went down to feed this morning. That dickhead went from... The 20-acre field into his paddock, chested the fence open. I walk in the barn. I would walk in the barn, and there is alfalfa pellets everywhere. <laughs> All my beet pulp shreds are everywhere. All of my shelves in the barn have been ransacked. All of my manure forks that hang on the wall, everything's on the ground, and <laughs> and there's no Zeus. So he actually, Lisa, let himself out of the 20-acre field. Right. Ransacked the barn and then was back in the field when I went out this morning. <laughs> and I'm like, I um, know it was you. It's nobody else. Nobody else has the access that you have just created for yourself. And nobody else has the
0: cool. skill. Like, so, what a jerk. so he reminds me of this mare I had when I was growing up. Her name was Snowqualmy. She was a little Appaloosa mare. Super smart. And I watched her with another trainer She was in a box stall and she banged on the door until the outer latch opened. She slid open the doors. She let three other horses out and then she went back in her stall and slammed her her door shut while all the other horses were running havoc in the barn. Mm hmm. Exactly. So, like, so. I don't understand. Like,
3: how many times can I come on here and tell a hashtag zoo story <laughs> without running out of things to say? I mean, there's literally he's done everything. I don't understand how he continues to bamboozle me into thinking he's a normal horse. And because he's, he's super so smart. Good. He's He's been so good and so quiet. That farm sitter this last time, she was like, I get why you like him. He's so sweet. And then he does this. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. he,
0: see, I I know this horse and well, just through two horses in the morning, I know him and through, through Facebook, but he would like to just chill out and let you just like think he's going to be normal and give you some time to just like forget who he is. And then boom, he's going to just cause some havoc.
3: Just named exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on today's show, more than Zeus, we are going to talk to Dr. Tan about laminitis. It is the time when the grass is growing and it just seems fitting. It was recorded, um, but we are going to play that. And then we're going to have Sally Spickard on from Eventing Nation. They have a blogger contest. They do this and this, hmm. the people that become like the big time uh, bloggers that end up with like, you know, press passes. At, events and horse trials and things like that. So pretty cool. And then also sadly some weird things happened and I'm going to tell you all about it in weird news. But first daily winnies. Right, my daily Wendy goes out to the auditors who have birthdays. Ariel Wolf, Helena Harris. Hello, Helena and Nicole Vita. Hey, guys! All of them have happy birthdays. So, um, they don't have happy birthdays. They have birthdays, and I'm hoping that they're happy. How about that? I don't do birthdays very often, Lisa.
0: I get all (laughs) tongue tied. (laughs) I thought it sounded great.
3: Thank you. Your turn.
0: So my daily Winnie is a little bit of a story, Jamie, and it could fit into Weird News, but uh, it's gonna—it you'll see—it's—it's more fitting right here. So, I'm here in Minnesota visiting my mom, and this story is a couple of weeks old, so some people might have heard of it. But in a nutshell, at a rest stop. In um, a county just north of the Twin Cities, they found a man living in his car, homeless man living in his car with his 47 cats. What? 47 cats. So somebody called it in. And um it was 90 degrees he had just recently become homeless and he realized that he couldn't take care of the 47 cats in his car which is like a little like four-door sedan it's not like a big SUV it's a sedan and he's living in a rest area with these cats all over the dashboard all they're stacked on top of each other so um so anyway um uh, the kicker is, the week before he had surrendered 15 of the cats. So, or 14 of the cats. So he had been living with 61 cats in his car. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding. So, so the local humane society comes in, takes the cats. They said that they ranged in age from under a year to 12 and that they were all in good shape and get this. There was no litter box.
3: What? Where did they? Oh God. Just go in the car.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, so <laughs> the animal control people came out, they took the cats, the guy surrendered them, he realized he couldn't take care of them. And they're in there with hazmat suits and gas masks, getting these cats and, and cleaning oh, yeah. out the car. And, oh. and, and then he, um, he refused all other services and um, Did they help him. But they offered and social services came in and he didn't want any help. And who knows where he is now. But my daily he goes out to all the 47 people who are adopting these cats.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's intense. That, yeah, I mean, you just might as well just burn that car.
0: Um, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I don't even know how you fit 47 cats into a sedan. And there are pictures. You can just Google it. But there are pictures of cats like in the windshield, like stacked up like three high.
3: I can only think of like how bad that car must have smelled, especially with the heat. So I'll tell you a little story because I don't think that there's any worse smell than cat pee, but <laughs> there might be another one. So when I was 16... My mom and daddy got divorced and so my mom went on mm-hmm. a, a trip with all her friends down to Florida like southern Florida and I grew up in Atlanta so she drove and they went on a like girls deep sea fishing trip okay so right. they go deep sea fishing they catch all these fish and they get put in coolers in my mom's car okay at the hotel right. her car got stolen oh okay? no oh Cars, no car is stolen It, she comes out in the morning. There's no, there's no car. She had a Jeep, Jeep Cherokee. And so the red Jeep Cherokee was stolen, disappeared. She had to end up getting a ride back up home with a friend because they couldn't find her car. And then a hurricane hit (laughs) South Florida. Oh my goodness. So it has been weeks of the car being stolen. Then a hurricane a month, maybe six weeks later, they find my mom's car. No. And they're like, we found your car. So (laughs) she goes down to South Florida, opens the door, and there is 300 pounds of fish that has been sitting in the Florida sun for six weeks in her car. Everything spilled, of course. You know, it was awful. (laughs) Like, you can't imagine how terrible that smell is. Well, I was 16 years old, and I didn't have a car. (laughs) Oh, Jamie, no. (laughs) So mom says... You and Justin have a car now because I have a twin brother and she couldn't afford to get us a car. So insurance totaled the car, but she ended up not totaling it because she was like, I can't afford to get a new car. So we're just going to keep this one. And this is now you and your brother's car. So every day for school, I had to get in a car that smelled like rotten fish and they did everything, Lisa, everything you can possibly do to get the smell out of a car. And my brother and I still had to drive to school with our head out. Each, I would be driving and my head would be out the driver's window. His head would be out the passenger window and we would drive to school that way. But you cannot escape the fish smell getting (laughs) on your clothes. So we would walk into high school like you want to wonder why I hated high school and I couldn't wait to leave is because like I was the girl who smelled like rotten fish and my brother and I would walk the halls and people like clear out. And we're like, well,
0: it's our car.
3: Our car smells. I mean, you can't imagine the horror of being that kid in high school. Anyway, oh, I-
0: I can't imagine. But here's the thing. Lucas is so busted because whenever he complains about how rotten mm. his life is, you actually do have the story yeah. that will top that.
3: Yeah, I can. I've, that's only one of many <laughs> in my youth that <laughs> could top that, Lisa. And by the way, I did everything so he will get away with nothing <laughs> because <laughs> I've done it. But there you go. Point is, I, I think that a cat urine of 47 cats might win because it's cat poo cat bad. urine is just the worst thing in the world now on that note, hopefully you guys are having breakfast or having lunch and enjoying (laughs) this conversation. Okay. Moving right along. I would like to thank our title sponsors. They would never be caught with forty-seven cats in their car. That's right, State Line Tech. I'm sure they're so proud to support this sh- show <laughs> right now. Talking about a rotten fish. Well, they're having a spec. They still have their special deals up for the Fourth of July, and uh, so you can find also anything you need to control flies, fly mask. Ooh, that's my favorite fly mask. I'm gonna need one of those. Uh, fly mask, fly boots, fly sheets, all the things, and then just deals on everything supplements and just like a whole section of clearance things and everything you could possibly need is on state line tag. Do you remember as a kid getting the catalog?
0: Oh, That's- I loved state it. Log. Yes. God.
3: I would just circle things and then you couldn't order online. So you'd have to take that little like piece of paper that they had and you'd have yes. to fill out the like little QR numbers or whatever. Like yep. I would like yep. to buy X, Z, P, and no, no pressure, right? No, Jeez. no. And then you get something in the wrong color because you put the wrong letter or something. <laughs> your fault. You can't return. Like it was a mess. Anyway, Stateline Tech is much more streamlined now. All you have to do is go to StatelineTech.com. You can check out
0: all the deals and then also uh, just place your order right then. This health segment is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO corn nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report when our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap lined equine products.
3: Well, I would like to welcome to the show Dr. Jean Yen Tan from the University of Calgary. She's an instructor in Equine Clinical Sciences and board certified in internal medicine. And I can't think of anything more internal to talk to than to talk about than laminitis because it is something I currently I battle all the time with Zeus, and I know we've had a lot of listeners sending in questions. So good morning, Doctor. How are you? Good morning, Jennifer. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Jennifer's a producer. My name is Jamie and Glenn is on as well. And uh, I guess what, that's okay. I guess what I want to start with is kind of talking about, let's blanket this whole thing and just give us a brief, a definition of laminitis and the common causes of laminitis.
1: Sure, Jamie. Absolutely. So laminitis is, so itis actually means inflammation. And so it naturally is inflammation of the lamina, which is the connective tissue of the hoof. Basically, the lamina holds your hoof wall to the coffin bone. And so when it gets inflamed and it becomes weak, it can lead to the separation of the hoof from the coffin bone. So what I'd like to use as an analogy is you and I, we stand on our two feet. We know that our horses stand on four hooves. So the hoof is essentially like the fingernail of your third finger if you imagine that all your weight is on that third fingernail. So if you hurt yourself and that fingernail starts detaching from your finger, and then you imagine that you put all your weight on that fingernail that's detaching, that gives you an idea of how painful laminitis is. So that kind of leads you to how you recognize laminitis is to observe some severe lameness basically in your horse some heat from the inflammation and some bounding what we call digital pulses which is the pulses of your feet so you asked about common causes uh, it doesn't happen that often in horses. The estimated lifetime risk is about 15%, which I know is scary when you do own horses. Mm-hmm. And 90% of the time, it actually does come from an endocrine disease. So an endocrine disease means something like Cushing's disease, which is a condition of older horses, or equine metabolic syndrome, which is the condition where horses are typically obese or they have some fat pads on them. And so I know it gets, laminitis gets a bad reputation for um, taking you by surprise. You know, people people think it's generally from things like uh, grain overload, from, you know, unpreventable things like lush grass and diarrhea and pneumonia. Um, sometimes it's from mechanical forces, but really 90% of the time it's from something preventable, which if we can diagnose and treat endocrine disease before it causes laminitis, we're in luck. We can actually prevent and treat this disease.
3: Wow. Okay. So, h- how do we how do we recognize some of those warning signs then?
1: Absolutely. So, a lot of times for equine metabolic syndrome, that is a condition that can happen really in any aged horse, but we typically recognize at about age fifteen, and mostly we recognize them as being obese. So it's shares some similarities to type 2 diabetes where you get problems with insulin and then you have side effects from that Um, so same with horses who have equine metabolic syndrome they have some problems with their regulation of their insulin so they can't process sugars normally and that leads to laminitis so we recognize them by simply being overweight um, so a body condition score of seven or greater on a scale out of nine would be an example of obesity. And then we all know those horses who have that crusty neck, you know, those fat pads in front of the shoulder, fat pads on top of the tail um, head. And those horses are typically at risk of equine metabolic syndrome. And we can tell by doing a blood test. Well, um, the second disease, Sorry. Uh, let me just jump um, in the there. Second, so
3: I yeah, have one ahead. of those. What What are the what What are the ways to 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 stop it? I mean, I, say you know it. It has that. You've got the crusty neck, the fat pads. Do the blood test. How can you stop it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually management. Um, And I know everybody loves to have a magic pill that fixes everything. Yes, I want that. Make me that. I know, right? (laughs) We all do, we
0: all do. If only everything,
1: all diseases in the world could be cured by the magic pill, it would be fantastic. And somebody would earn a lot of money from making that magic pill. Right. (laughs) Unfortunately, um, for this, it's mostly about management. And the great thing about that is the power is in your hands as the owner. So by managing their starch intake, you can actually improve their lives to the point where they are at low risk of laminitis. So for example, keeping them away from rich grain and keeping them away from rich grass and also decreasing the amount of food they're on can decrease obesity and also decrease the amounts of starches that can then lead to laminitis. So it's actually fairly simple. You know, we just you know, a lot of us need to go on diets. So same (laughs) with some of our obese horses.
3: Okay. And now another worry that I've had with laminitis in my life, I'm just going to give like experiences I've had. And you can tell me how to address that is I had a horse in the hospital and he had colic surgery. And one of the biggest things that they were worried about was that he would get laminitis from like post-surgery. And I know that we've had some very famous horses that have come down with the laminitis post-surgery. So what are the ways that you can manage that? Because that's not about managing starches is it?
1: Sure, you're absolutely right. So 90% of laminitis cases are caused by, you know, these endocrine diseases where starches come into play. Um, But then there's that other 10% where it can come from inflammation or mechanical forces. And so for inflammation, it's typically if you develop something that causes a huge insult to your system. So diarrhea, pneumonia, those are examples. Colic can be an example, but typically horses with colic don't develop it primarily as a side effect. It's usually only if you get really, really sick from the colic, like you've got diarrhea secondary, or you've got some other major insult to your GI tract. And in those cases, if they can see it coming and they know that, you know, this is a potential big side effect, they can help you prevent it by icing the feet. And I know that sounds really simple, but it's not as simple as it sounds. You actually have to ice for at least 72 hours. So that means with normal body temperature of the horse melting the ice all the time. That means pretty intensive care. That means changing the ice on their legs, you know, once every two hours at least. And then it, isn't just the feet like you have to ice all the way up to the knees so it takes some specialized kind of equipment and expertise and kind of your you know 24 7 care in a hospital type situation in order to do that Um, as far as clinical signs um, also in the hospital that's where they're best equipped to see those changes and detect them quicker because for you and you know and any kind of regular horse owner They won't be able to tell until the horse is sore, but then in the clinic, we're trained to kind of feel those digital pulses and see if they're a little bit higher than normal and if there's a little bit of an increase in temperature of the hoof, and then we can get on it right away. Okay, so say that your horse has
3: had a laminitic episode. You've determined that something was wrong. The vet has come out and said, yes, you've had a bout of laminitis. You get some x-rays. What? is the future prognosis of that horse as far as being a performance
1: horse? Sure. That's a really great question. And it really varies, actually. So it's a very individual thing. And I think it really depends on what the veterinarian has found on x-rays. So because of that inflammation between the hoof wall and the coffin bone and the loosening, basically, of that connection, sometimes your coffin bone can have some changes that you can see on x-ray. It can either sink down or it can rotate. And in those cases, depending on how severe it is, that can help determine prognosis. But not all is lost even if you have sinking or rotation because it's really the progression of disease that's important to determine prognosis. So if your horse stabilizes pretty quickly, then they can still have really good prognosis over time with a lot of treatment and trimming and, you know, just careful TLC.
3: Okay. So it's not, it's not over, but it definitely is kind of dependent upon each horse and the the situation that they've go- gone through. Now, we, you've got a horse that could potentially have equine metabolic syndrome. They're crusty, they're fat. Can they ever be turned out on grass or should there be a
1: muzzle? Is
3: there a warning sign that it's going to happen soon?
1: Absolutely. So they can be turned out on grass. I typically recommend a muzzle for most of them. We can tell on blood work how severe the insulin changes are, and we usually recommend based on that. And so typically I recommend keeping them off grass, especially in the spring and fall, because that's when the sugars in grasses are really high. So it's kind of like you and I, you know, when I'm stressed, my blood sugar goes up. Same with grass. You know, after it's been really cold, like a frost at night, The next morning, it tends to be really high in blood sugar or grass sugar.
0: Hmm.
3: So on those nights where you, it's like, oh, it's finally a nice, cool night after the summer, the next morning, the grass
1: is going to be trouble. Absolutely. And that's when it's most important to keep them off that grass.
3: So sorry Zeus, you're getting your it's muzzle good. back.
1: <laughs> my poor pony my poor pony scooter, he's a hackney and
0: he get tends to get a little bit overweight and Jennifer will not let him out on grass at all. He's, she's mean. She's, she's mean so to mean. him. Well there you go, she's wise. <laughs> Don't tell her that. She's mean. She's cruel to my pony, he doesn't get to go out and eat grass. <laughs> she's but see, that's why the problem at you with
1: sad eyes. But see, isn't yeah. that
0: the problem though? Is people what I just said is how people feel right? We feel like, oh, well, the poor pony should be able to eat grass. And if I take them off of grass altogether, that's just plain mean. And then we end up with laminitic ponies.
1: Oh, I know. And that's why sometimes you just need that blood work just to show you, hey, something needs to be done. But I've had owners that had horses that threw temper tantrums, you know, they put a muzzle on and the horse just flopped down on its side and it lay there for like 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and thank goodness the owner just stuck to their guns. And they said, I'm sorry, the muzzle's staying on. And after 24 hours, that horse caught back up. I would drive by that property all the time. And, you know, she was grazing through that muzzle as if nothing had ever happened. So they'll get over it.
3: I I like to say to my horse, I'm like, listen, I am smarter than you. You have to listen to me. <laughs>
1: How's that going? It's not
3: so good, Doc. I gotta—I can't lie. <laughs> well, hey, if people want to learn a little bit more about you and laminitis, where can they get a hold of you?
1: Absolutely. For, so for laminitis, I've written an article that's on the American Association of Equine Practitioners um, area. So it's actually on vetspecialists.com slash laminitis. Um, I've also written some articles on the horse and you can see my profile on University of Calgary's Faculty of Veterinary Medicine. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook.
3: Fantastic. Thank you very much, Dr. Jean Yentan. Did I say that right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, perfect. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, doctor. We will hopefully we'll talk to you soon and maybe next time we'll talk about how you can bubble wrap a horse that has a horse show coming up in two weeks. If you could work on that, (laughs) that'd be
0: great. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Daily Dose Equine offers a full line of handcrafted horse feeds to maximize the health and performance of horses and ponies of all ages. Each custom feed has been developed with whole grains and non-GMO ingredients to eliminate the risk of herbicide contamination. They are horse people themselves and have seen firsthand the difference that superior nutrition can have in our equine partners. We invite you to learn more about Daily Dose Equine's origins and find a formula that is perfect for your equine partner at com.
3: I don't think there's many places in the world that I would like to be more than San Diego, which is typically <laughs> where our next guest hails from. Are you in San Diego right now? I am in San Diego right now. Can you just tell the rest of us who wish we were there what the weather's like today? Oh, so
2: right now it's um, a little bit overcast and it's probably about 65 degrees. Um, so, and it might, it might get up to, to 73 you. today. It might. <laughs> oh,
3: maybe. Oh, I do. we don't want to so. talk to you anymore. Never mind. We okay, gotta go. <laughs> I'll just go. I'll just go. <laughs> oh my gosh. So how are things out there in San Diego besides perfectly perfect weather?
2: Th- things are actually pretty awesome. Um, you know, we are just full steam ahead for world championships this fall here at many nations. So we are. Um, trying to kind of bolster up our team this summer and have a few exciting things going on. But yeah, other than that, i um, just kind of
3: plugging away here. So um, obviously, you're the big boss over at Eventing Nation. We got to hang out a little at uh, Land Rover this year. And uh, is this kind of like a lull in the middle of the summer for all the big horse
2: trials? A little bit, yeah. So this past weekend, we had Aachen, which is a huge equestrian festival in Germany. If you ever get the chance to at least watch, but better yet, go, it's something that I have had on my horse bucket list for forever. And it it honestly felt like we were at the Olympics because there were so many big names, like the whole, almost the whole British team was there from Tokyo, almost the whole German team from Tokyo was there. Um, So it was pretty incredible. But that was probably the last major event of the early summer. And now we're basically just waiting for team announcements to come out for championships in September. And those are due mid-August. So basically between now and September, there are a few events that
3: we'll be reporting from. But WEG has become our big focus. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Sally Spickard of uh, Eventing Nation. Uh, we just talked to Deanne from Horse Nation this week. <laughs> the Nations. <laughs> the Nations, congratulations, by the way, on I do believe you guys are now the uh, the owners of it.
2: We are. We are. Yeah, it's uh, been a process to kind of get everything switched over, but um, Deanne and I have really enjoyed working together and I think we're heading in a good direction. So we're super I love excited. It.
3: I love So for those who don't, put Eventing Nation and Horse Nation on your must-do every morning. This is like these chicks, these badass chicks decide, you know what? We really like working for this company. We're going to buy it. And so they did. <laughs> and it's just awesome. You guys have just really taken and run with it. And I'm just really proud to uh, to call. I just, I'm just so proud of y'all because you just like, made it happen. Well, I feel like you guys have been there like every step of the way kind of hearing us
2: on what we're working on especially Deanne and Leslie so over the years man it's been a it's been a friendship we've built
3: it is it is definitely I uh, you know what as I would like to make a request that maybe every once in a while you invite a podcaster along to Germany it's fine whatever
2: oh sure yeah you know honestly <laughs> like we could you know when we start our Eventing Nation podcast we're gonna need some help and we're gonna need some people on the ground so
3: I mean, I'm happy it seems
2: to- kind of up your alley
3: I don't know I'll be a roving reporter. It sounds good. <laughs> Lisa. Go. Now this next thing we're going to talk about is actually, Lisa, this is up your alley, but it I is. think you're a ringer because you're like, you know, a professional published author and stuff, but tell everybody Sally about the uh, contest you guys have. Cause this is always so fun.
2: Yeah. So, you know, it's crazy because we have not had this contest since 2018 or 2019. It used to go every year. So this is our ninth, it's supposed to be an annual ninth annual blogger contest um, that we started before I joined eventing nation actually. um, And it has actually been our perennial way to uh, just kind of solicit some talent and kind of uh, find people to hire from um, and just encourage people to kind of use their creativity and and get involved and, and understand that you don't have to necessarily have gone and you know, gotten all this education and how to write a story or anything like that. And really what we care about is creativity and and just a passion for the sport. And um, so we brought the blogger contest back this year. We have added a $500 cash prize this year, which is super exciting. Um, But not only that, we will use um, some of the entries that we get to hopefully find a new reporter or two. So, you know, we're really looking for people who are super passionate about eventing, Ah, uh, you don't need to know every single thing about the sport. I definitely didn't when I started. This is how I got started with Aventi Nation uh, back in 2013. Oh, you see, so you, I,
3: were you a blogger contest? I was.
2: So I entered yeah. the contest two years in a row. The first year they didn't give me the time of day. I don't remember what I wrote about, but it probably wasn't good. Um, and then the second year I wrote about inflatable jumps, and I did not win. I I think I came in fourth. Like it was not. I was not a winner. Um, in that sense of the word, but they were like, hey, so by, by this point, you know, we kind of want you to keep writing for us. And so I did. Then it turned into a paid gig. And then I got sent down to Texas um, for American Eventing Championships that September. So it was kind of a whirlwind, it just kind of went from there. But we have we have hired Tilly Barrett, and we've hired Jenny Autry, um, both names you might recognize if you've read Eventing Nation over the years. So we've had a lot of people come through the blogger contest um, and go on to be big, big parts of the company here.
3: That's so cool. What a great, so basically do a blog, you might win some money, you might get paid for it. And, uh, you also might end up owning a venting nation someday. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. Here we are 10 years later and now I, now I'm here for good. So that's amazing. Um, you never know what could happen. And so we really would love to, um, encourage you to enter. We'd love to just meet some new people. Uh, we always get so many emails throughout the year, people asking if they can, you know, write for us or when we're hiring or anything like that. And this is, um, you know, kind of what we have done in lieu of, you know, traditional hiring in the past, and it's worked out pretty well for us. So I'm super excited. Um, entries are due on Friday, which is July 8th. Um, I am considering extending them because I've had a few people ask for a little bit of time and I'd rather um, give them that time. So, you know, I will post an update on a Nation if we do decide to extend it. But Friday is the deadline as of right now.
0: So now, as a, as a uh-huh. writer... I just have a quick question. So, as a writer, um, I'm interested in, in. what are you looking for in in a blog? What are you judging on? What makes you just like? Yeah, say, wow, we have to have those as part of our family here,
2: for sure. So, you know, I'm an, I'm going to use Tilly as an example here because she was one of our more recent winners, and she um, has really taken our our global coverage by by the by the reins, literally. Um, and and she she sent in her first entry, um, and it was this this very humorous a dissection of the differences between eventing in the United States and the UK. It was so entertaining. And I think, you know, Tilly's knowledge of the sport was already pretty strong. Um, But generally the people that have really grabbed our attention in the past are the ones who just have unique perspectives. I am not looking for somebody who's going to write, you know, a dissertation about eventing or a novel about eventing, or even know who Boyd Martin is. Um, I just want somebody that is going to be able to show their personality and have their own unique voice because we are very pro, uh, individuality here on eventing nation. And I think that's the best way to get attention is to just show us who you are and be yourself and show your personality, have a sense of humor. Um, and those are all things, you know, we don't take ourselves very seriously. So I tend to leave the guidelines, you know, probably a little bit too vague, but you know, the biggest thing is personality and creativity.
3: So I'm a terrible writer. It feels like homework to me, but I've got a great story (laughs) that I'll tell you about the first time I did a horse trial. Okay. So I came from the hunter world and this is, I Mm, think, kind mm -hmm. of what the, when I think of a venting nation, it's, it's stories like this that I like to read. So like I came from the hunter world where I had a chestnut thoroughbred and the fashionable thing was to have a bay thoroughbred okay so I would oh, yeah. always lose to the bay thoroughbred you know and then I moved to Kentucky and boarded at a place called Champagne Run Farm and then that you event there so like I started mm-hmm. eventing and it was awesome like I did a Jim Graham clinic and I was like oh I'm gonna do this sport so I signed up for my first ever horse trail and it is beginner novice And after years of being beat either by the warm bloods or the, at that point, Bay thoroughbreds, (laughs) I go with my chestnut thoroughbred and I'd never done a dressage test. And, but like we made our way through it. I knew how to ride. And then like, I thought I did pretty good. I think it was like eighth and then like finished jumping clear because my horse, the show jumps were a piece of cake and beginner novice. It was like, he just kind of looked at everything. He just, whatever. He went over it. Now, Did I win? You ask. No, (laughs) I did not win. I came in second place in my first ever horse trial. And do you know what made me fall in love with the sport of eventing forever and always? I will be an eventer because of the one thing. Do you know who I got beat by? Who? A Norwegian fjord.
0: Oh and I was my like, God, that's <laughs> I love this sport. <laughs> I
3: mean, oh I was God. like, you can't, if you took a Norwegian fjord into a hunter ring there, they wouldn't even, they would laugh. And this horse won the whole thing. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> that's that's amazing. See, and that is such a great story. And that is what
2: I'm looking for. Jamie, I know you say you're a terrible rider, but I bet you're not. <laughs> um but those are the stories, right? Like I, and I think people get intimidated because they think, you know, oh I need to write this big journalistic expose. And right. and, and and listen, I want to know about the Norwegian Ford that beat you at your first event. That is the story <laughs> yeah. that I want. Yeah. Okay. Exactly.
3: Well write that <laughs> down because I can't write it. I could just say it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you know, and that's the thing too,
2: is I think if you are a creative that's more of a you know, a, a TikToker or a video person, I mean, sure, go ahead and apply because the, the 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 fact is that media is changing and I think that's something that we recognize too. So not everybody is a writer. And I think, you know, that's that's something I wanna make clear too.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Just be yourself and go with it. Although I have noticed that there is On the Eventing Nation post, there were a few comments that are underneath the Eventing Nation post that I think could really be entries. Um, (laughs) Sanjirani Fakir says... Start earning more than 16000 a month by working from home on a simple internet job. I worked part-time at this job. And last month I earned 17500 And Go to this website and you can get that job. Like, that guy That's has talent. That's the contest entry. <laughs> just <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't click on that. We don't make $17,000 a month.
2: Please, though, um, I, You know what, Jamie? I love that you called that out because I have been struggling with the Facebook spots. Every every live event that we do, we get these these people that are posting these fake live stream links, and I'm having to battle them every single time because all the people that read our site are commenting back to
3: them like, "Oh, thank you so much," and I'm like, "No, oh, no. don't click on that. Don't no. like that link. That's <laughs> terrible." Well, Marvel <laughs> says you can earn an additional fifteen thousand or more each month by doing internet jobs from right, home. I need to I need to lower everybody's expectations here. Okay,
2: fifteen thousand dollars a month. I wouldn't be here. Um, if I was making that
0: much, so <laughs> but it, it's, it's not true. fifteen. It's not fifteen thousand. But there is a cash prize, right? For there for is a blog. cash prize. Yeah, it's <laughs> a
3: couple of those zeros. So. Oh, yeah. Well, Sally, we wish you the best of luck. I can't wait to read because I love when you guys post them and people get to comment on them and stuff like that. Yeah, the, the blogger sure. entries has, has always <clears throat> been really fun for me. So that's on aventingnation. You guys go enter. Talk about getting your butt kicked by a Norwegian fjord and maybe. You <laughs> You know, if you if I could write, I'd write it down, but I can't. That's the so, story right there. There's That's your story. <laughs> all right, well, Sally. Well, thank you we so much for you. having me on. Enjoy the beautiful San Diego weather. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> all right, you guys have a good time. one. Thank you. You do. Bye, Bye Sally. Bye. Bye.
1: Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News.
3: That's right. It's time for weird news. And this is when I talk about some stories in the news that you sent me. Um, I appreciate you guys all looking around your local news. If you're just perusing the news on your phone or wherever you get your news and you're like, wow, that's super weird. Email it to me. Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. And then uh, I will get to tell everybody your name because Debbie, Lorene, Danielle, and Matt all sent me weird news stories. I don't tell you who sent what because it's none of your business where they get their news. Some of them (laughs) are questionable. Um, So we're going to go to Chile. That's right. We're going to go to Chile because a worker in Chile submitted his resignation from his job. Why? Why did he resign from his job? Because he got a paycheck. Really it was supposed to be five hundred and forty-five American dollars, but the paycheck accidentally was one hundred and eighty thousand four hundred and eighteen dollars. He was paid way too much. <laughs> and initially he got his paycheck and he's like, Oh my god. And he alerted the manager and he's like, Hey. Uh, Mr. Financiario. <laughs> no, that's a, <laughs> that's a media outlet. I just made that up. Um, okay. Mr. Bossman, uh, y'all overpaid me, and uh, the the manager then reported the issue to Human Resources, who then calls the worker and says, "Hey, do you mind going to your bank, taking out that money, the extra money, and then just returning it to this account?"
0: <laughs> oh go. No. Oh, holy cow. <laughs> um,
3: he absolutely agreed. To, you know what? I'll go to the bank tomorrow. I'll go tomorrow. Then he ended up keeping the money and has ghosted his employer. Now here's the bad thing. He's going to be arrested. I mean, they're going to catch oh, yes. him, right? Oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It, it's
3: just too tempting. I don't think he's thought this through, but the man did send an A's resignation letter
0: Through the mail
3: (laughs) and has not been heard from since.
0: Oh, don't you know he's on some island out in the Pacific just living the life? Yeah,
3: I would feel like maybe he could have collected a couple of those paychecks before he decided to evade arrest. But, you know, whatever, whatever you do your thing. (laughs) All right. Next story. We're going to head a little closer to home. We're going to go to Pennsylvania, Lock Haven, Pennsylvania. This is just a weird news story. It's just weird. There's uh, Woodward Township Police. They received a call. Okay. And they're like, they call us, hey, we think somebody's in our house. We can hear somebody in our kitchen. So the police come and there's nobody in the house. Okay. And all that's, the, the, the refrigerator has been open and the cabinets have been opened and they can't really figure out what's missing. And so then they get another call from another person who's like, Hey, there's somebody in my house. Well, that was a, I'm sorry, a different township. The next township over got a same call. There's somebody in our house. So that police department goes down and there's nobody in their house, but the kitchen has been ransacked. Okay. Oh,
0: this is so weird.
3: Yeah. This is really weird. Well, the second house found A bottle of barbecue sauce that did not belong (laughs) to them, Lisa. And they're like, that is not our barbecue sauce. Somebody has been in our house. The sleuths of Woodward Township (laughs) police then received a call saying, we found a barbecue sauce. And the Woodward Township police are like, hey, do you know what these people said they found missing? Barbecue sauce. So basically, A dude goes into one house, steals barbecue sauce, goes to another house, makes himself some food, uses the barbecue sauce from the first house, and then leaves. Yet the sleuth detectives in Pennsylvania were able to see that it was the same man. Because the barbecue sauce from one house
0: ended up in the other house. And so he goes like, so just so I'm clear, he goes like, what, 10 miles, 15 miles to another house that's like not like next door. It's a different township. They have not said where the reported break-in at the other
3: residence was that discovered the jar of sauce. But the accuser was able to identify the—this is literally in the article. (laughs) The original accuser was able to identify the barbecue sauce because they said it was used on chicken earlier
0: in the day. (laughs) All righty.
3: Wow! (laughs) Tied up. Well, they didn't find the guy because he then went to a car dealership and stole a hubcap. So here's this (laughs) sticky finger barbecue sauce guy walking down the street with barbecue sauce on his face, with a hubcap under his shirt. They have now arrested. His name is, I'm not going to give his name, it doesn't matter, uh, but he's going to appear on a judge, ooh, today for his preliminary hearing, but he was arrested and incarcerated in the Clinton County Prison, and his bail was set
0: at $100,000. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he was just hungry. <laughs> oh my, oh, God. my goodness.
0: I, I've got tears rolling down my face here. That is just... I just can't, I mean, I would love to be in that courtroom. I mean, what is his motivation here other than food? I mean, really?
3: Well, the next story, a guy was thirsty. That's right. We are going to head, let's see, to Seattle. Okay. Seattle Safeway. A man walked into the Safeway pushing his own cart. Apparently that's interesting enough. At 938 a.m., Walks into a Safeway with his own cart. Okay. Cart. Incident report did not specify which Safeway. He goes to the beer cases and loads 11 cases of beer onto his personal cart. Then he goes to the door and leaves. <laughs> but a security guard is like, hey, that ain't your beer. And the man says, oh, really? Are you sure it's not my beer? If you come one step closer, I'm going to pepper spray you. Then the security guard, easy, buddy, easy. And he backed off and the man left the store without paying for the beer. The security guard then calls the police and officers arrived moments later and found the man across the street trying to get on a bus. With cases eleven cases of beer in a shopping cart, like man, man <laughs> you can't get far with eleven cases of beer. You should have started with like two, one for each hand. He was um arrested and booked into King County Jail for robbery.
0: You know, sometimes you just can't fix stupid, Jamie. You can't I mean, fix stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my God. All goodness. right,
3: and finally, there's a Louis. We're going to go to Louisiana this time because. There's some trouble brewing in Louisiana. And I'll tell you what it is Baxter
0: escaped. Oh, no.
3: Baxter is a Joey. Oh, no. Baxter is a kangaroo. Okay. And apparently, Baxter, the kangaroo, was like on the street and like somebody drove by and they're like, dude, that looks like a kangaroo. And the (laughs) person in the passenger seat is like, that is a kangaroo. And they're like, that's not a kangaroo. This is Louisiana. (laughs) Oh, it's a kangaroo, all right. They call the police. They're like, there's a kangaroo on the side of the road. And the other guy's like, what are you talking about? And the other guy's like, sure enough, there's a kangaroo. This is all in the news, okay? (laughs) As a result of the escape, the kangaroo's owner apparently didn't have a license to have a kangaroo. But here's what you're asking. How on earth did the kangaroo escape, right? The Kangaroos owners used to have a zoo and now they have a bird rescue and they have a basically a parrot. His name is Thor, but he acts like Zeus. Okay. Thor, the parrot escaped his own enclosure, flew to the kangaroo's enclosure just like <laughs> your mare did yes. and released her friend. Oh Although, my goodness. Also was released. That's right. The bird flew out of its enclosure, opened the kangaroo's enclosure, set it free is all on video. You can find it all. This is on the Huffington post and you can <laughs> see that the kangaroo was released by a bird. Now, um, as a result of the escape, the kangaroo's owners now have to give up Baxter due to a local law, but fear not people. They are currently applying for a permit. <laughs> like where do you, who's got him right now?
1: Right, that's my know. question.
3: Where is he? I don't know. There you go. That is it. And uh, that is your weird news for the day. Uh, I did have a Florida man story regarding Disney world. We'll get to that next week. And also uh, we're going to talk about a, a fast food restaurant that was just discovered. That's right. All in next week's weird news. Thank you very much for joining us. And if you have weird news, send it to Jamie and horse with weird news in the subject line. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. What is ah uh, what's your week look like?
0: So I'm here in Minnesota, and I'm finishing up some edits on a book, and I'm helping my mom, who's ninety nine, and uh, you know, just uh, trying to get some lake time in. New book. What is it about? Mm, it's another Cat and Right book. So Yay. you know, and and Scooter is going to have a featured role in the book. Okay. Okay,
3: then Glenn will like it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Glenn reads. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he knows how, but it's fine. It's fine. Well, congratulations. Where can people get your books?
0: Oh, uh, anywhere really, but uh, amazon.com usually has the best prices or they can go to my website at lisawysocki.com.
3: Fantastic. And as always, thanks for joining us. I will talk to you again on Friday. You'll be here also filling in for Glenn. I appreciate it. You're a glutton for punishment, I would imagine. Yeah, but it's fun. Well, everybody have a wonderful day, spay, neuter, and guilt.